From Boston, the antidote is met by the band Exiting the Fall. Matt Vaccaro? That's my name. <laughs> Vocalist for the band is here with us. Matt, it's great to have you on The Antidote. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have got to have one of the coolest band names, but how about explaining the meaning of Exiting the Fall? Uh, the meaning is, um, I, I like to think of it as a phrase. Um, the full phrase is Exiting the Fall of Humanity. Um, in a sense, uh, we are a Christian band. We don't hide that. Uh, we don't also shove it down people's throats, but it's all—it's what we're all about. Uh, and so the name is just talking about how in the initial fall of man, we're um, going past that. We're not um, being bound by what we were once bound to in that fall. And so we're just, we're exiting the fall. Your band released Beyond the Experience, your first EP in 2009. Now, right. you were laughing a little bit about <laughs> that prior to starting this interview. But I mean, it's really different from the music you produce now, but why don't you fill us in? So back in 2009, um, I wasn't the main vocalist. We had a, uh, a gentleman who is my best friend to this day, uh, whose name is John Sissel, and he was uh, singing for us. And at the time, we were trying to do mostly singing and less screaming. So Beyond the Experience is a lot um, more focused on, on vocal melodies rather than the heavy aspect of it. But we wanted to have a mixture of both. So I was actually playing guitar and screaming at the time, and he was singing. But now the emphasis has gone more to the screaming. Right, yeah. Um, we did realize that I was a better screamer than a singer, uh, so we kind of uh, went with what our strengths were at the time, and we developed what sound you now hear as Exiting the Fall, and you know we're still developing that. Uh, all of us work full-time jobs, pretty much, so. If only you could actually do music full-time. Yeah, you know, it's that little apple that you're reaching for that's on the tallest branch. You gotta really, really go for it. <laughs> I sell currency, so I see a bunch of Canadian dollars. They smell like maple syrup. It's disgusting. <laughs> as long as they're not sticky, too. <laughs> no, they're not. But, you know, if you're because I have to count so many of them, I'm plowing through them and I just get this giant whiff of maple syrup and I want to just go eat some pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into talking about your strengths because, I mean, bands with Christian members make up a large part of the metal scene. Right. But Accenting the Fall has a difference because you guys feature lyrics that are really overtly Christ-centered. So how important is taking that stance to your band? So that is the most important thing. Um, I can't stress enough the fact that we are just four broken men on that stage, just pouring our hearts out to God, and just that's, that's what we are. Um, we try to portray what it's like to go through our lives as Christians in our music and in our lyrics. And we don't try to hold anything. We are hold back anything. We try to be as honest and as real as possible. Okay. So you're obviously ministry focused, but like, would you actually consider yourself a metal worship band? Um, I would, and I wouldn't at the same time. Uh, it depends on which song, because some songs I have written about my personal experience with Christ and other songs I've written to glorify Christ. And I, the ultimate, ultimately, they all come back to glorify Christ because um, those songs I write about myself are writing about how broken I am and how ultimately I need Jesus. Um, and they're meant to emphasize that. They're not meant to take away from that. But um, I, it's hard to describe how I feel about it. it. But I can definitely sense that there are, there's definitely aspects of both. But then what about the entertainment value of exiting the falls music? I mean, should that be 
as important as the lyrics themselves. Right. So what we try to do is we just try to write music that we want to listen to. We definitely think that as a band, it's important to put out music that is entertaining, that is new, that is um, tasteful, that is uh, entertaining, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, both, both the message and the music are important. And they both, you can't have one without the other. I just, I don't think that I, there's, there are so many bands that I've listened to that have one, but don't have the other. And, you know, with everything, you got to have the full package. Well, to carry on with that, describe a typical crowd at an exiting the fall concert. A uh, typical crowd, um, you know, it varies so much. Uh, if we were playing a hometown show, there's, you know, there could be 100 to 200 of our closest friends all there screaming along with us, just passionately, you know, shouting the lyrics back at us, you know. Um, but, you know, sometimes we go on tour, we can play, be playing for a room of five people, but um, it's just all about giving it our all when we're doing it. You know, it's all about showing people, no matter how many people are in the room or how many people are watching, just how much we, we truly care. 2012 had Exiting the Fall release Parables. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spoke earlier a little bit about some of the strong Christ-centered lyrics, so I'm going to talk to you about some of those lyrics on the song Sin, Faith, Duty, where it reads, My God is the mover of mountains. Hold me when I'm at my darkest. My God is the mover of mountains. Make me believe in the things that I can't see. Comments on that? Um, that song, a really personal song about me, Uh, I wrote that song in a very dark time in my life. Both me and Kevin, our guitarist, who also writes a lot of lyrics, were um, thinking about lines and phrases in the Bible that we really wanted to emphasize. And that album particularly was focused around the parables of the Bible. Um, Frequently, Jesus is, uh, he he mentions mountains and being able to move them. Uh, At one point in the Bible, he says that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And at at another point in the, the song, I say, Give me the faith of a mustard seed. Um, and I think that particular line in the song is meant to just summarize that ultimately it's only Jesus that can give me the comfort and the, the strength that I need to to move the mountains and to be able to continue and live a life that is holy and pleasing. The antidote is speaking with Matt of Exiting the Fall. Now, Matt, the Parables EP also included the song Pharisee. Mm-hmm. I mean, calling someone a Pharisee seems pretty harsh, but tell me, who would you consider to be a modern-day Pharisee? You know, I don't, I don't want to point fingers, first of all, because all have fallen short of the glory of God. Um, you know, I would consider myself to be a, a modern-day Pharisee sometimes. Um, I think that if you look at some of the, the, the Pharisees in the Bible, um, you'll realize that they were over-religious. They were taking... Uh, the words of God and perverting them into being um, what they wanted them to be. They weren't taking them as um, as they were. And that's why Jesus came. He always confronted the Pharisees because he wanted people to realize that Jesus and God were not about religion. They were about about love. They were about following God, not about following the rules of man and following a specific rabbi or um, a specific uh, teaching that one rabbi taught over the other. It was about um, loving God in the in the purest of it, um, mm-hmm. a modern day Pharisee is anyone that puts any sort of rules or religion over Jesus. Um, uh, denying any sort of divinity in the name of Jesus is a modern day Pharisee. 
And you're saying you find you're equally as able to fall into that same realm? Oh, I mean, I find myself um, constantly overcritical. I find myself um, judging others, and I find myself um, thinking of how much of a better person I am uh, than other people. And, you know, I'm not here to tell anyone that I'm better than them. Um, and that's the problem is that I forget it is, I am not anything without Jesus. I am literally just a broken man without Jesus. And it is only Jesus and the love that he gives me and pours onto me that allows me to be able to do the things that I do and to be able to live the life that I live. That's more honesty than you get from a lot of Christians though, isn't it? I mean, like I said, I'm not here to put myself on a pedestal. I, I still sin. I'm still I'm still dying to myself daily, you know, and it's um it's a challenge. It always is. Um, but I think that to avoid being a Pharisee, you gotta look at yourself deeply every day and you gotta die and you gotta say, Man, I am nothing without Jesus. And if your focus is on Jesus, then in the words that he preached, it's hard to be a Pharisee. It really is. What are you trying to accomplish with your music itself as a band? I think that a lot of times people look at the metal scene as being this really evil and destroyed place. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the people that we've come in contact with when we play music have been hurt by Christianity, have been hurt by the church unjustly so uh, in many situations. And I think that a lot of times seeds were planted, but they weren't um, watered with a lot of people as well. And I think that with our music, we just want a, a doorway. We just want a way in which we can get into people's lives and show them the love of Jesus. I mean, nothing makes us happier as a band than knowing that our music has impacted a life and has prevented a suicide and has comforted a person when they're, we're at their darkest. I mean, honestly, if Jesus was not a part of this band, I don't know what I would be doing in it. You spoke about, you know, the darkness of the metal scene, but Christian artists in metal bands, that's a huge part of the marketplace. Right. But they don't really take the focus the way that you guys do. Do you think there's a place for both? You know, I think that there are a lot of Christian bands. I don't want to deny that at all. Um, what I've seen, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in judgment, I'm not at all, but I, what I've seen is a lot of Christians who say that they're Christian, but they don't act like it. You know, it, Jesus plainly says that if you love me, you will follow my commandments. Um, and a lot of these Christian bands, uh, I hate to say it, they're doing it for the money. And I mean, like, let's be, let's put, use an example, as I lay dying, he comes out and says, yeah. You know, we, we stopped being a Christian band halfway through our career, but we still wanted the money. We still wanted the, the Christian following. I believe that Christians, a lot of times, you know, there, there's always going to be those wolves in sheep's clothing. There's always going to be them. And I think that a lot of times the Christian body will believe anything as long as you slap a Christian label on it. I think that it's a very gullible ploy and a lot of people fall for it. And it really makes me upset that a lot of metal bands would call themselves Christians and not be honest enough with themselves and real enough to say, I'm not a Christian. You know, I think that at the end of the day, I would be more proud of a person for admitting that they're not Christian so that they, I could at least talk to them about that than for them to pretend that they were Christian all along and then see them struggle through things like this. But now you spoke about money. How many bands really see money? <laughs> it, you know, when it comes down to it, um, a lot of bands, they... Some bands really do make money, but if you want to get into the music industry itself, it's there's not a lot of people seeing money nowadays. Um, 
no one's really – I mean, unless you're one of the top individuals, you're not really making that much money. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. So maybe we were getting way off topic, but that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm full of it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a very opinionated person, so sometimes I like to talk about things like this. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, lay it on. I'm, I'm here all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, there's a few Bible verses that say, you know, be short with your words, you know. Uh, so I've been trying to practice that. <laughs> you know, your full-length EP, Wind Chaser, you really brought the level up on that. I mean, that's a really solid album. Thank you. Thank and one of the great songs on that that grabbed me was Lazarus. Talk to me about the development of that song. Oh, man. Well, uh, it's funny that you bring that one up because um, Windchaser didn't come out until November of uh, 2013. We wrote Lazarus pretty much almost as soon as we finished Parables in 2012. So it's been a long time. It's been a couple years. Uh, that song, when we wrote it, we wanted to really try something that wasn't, I don't want to say cookie cutter, uh, because it kind of does follow into, but we wanted to try something that was heavy without really focusing too much on the breakdowns. We wanted to be technical without, um, without focusing too much on how heavy we could sound. We wanted to to do the heaviness with the technicality. And so when we were developing Windchaser musically, what would happen is we would sit there and we would think about what would, what should come next and. Um, Kevin and Philippe and John really went above and beyond when it came to writing the instruments. Um, Kevin and Philippe being our guitarist, John being our drummer. Um, they really brought it when we wrote that song. Um, they really, they came in with ideas. They were willing to try different things to try things that we weren't comfortable with, uh, play faster. And so, um, that's how we developed it, uh, instrumentally and lyrically. I really had this burden on my heart to write a song that, was sort of like uh, a prophet. I was inspired by um, uh, John Miller, our drummer's father, who's a pastor. Um, and he said this one phrase that really struck me, and it was the difference between faith and reality and where the two meet. And I really wanted to focus on that idea. And the Bible talks a lot about in Ezekiel, um, just how much God used Ezekiel. Uh, and especially that verse where he raised those dry bones from the dead. We really wanted to capitalize on how God will raise dry bones from the dead. But on top of that, we wanted him to raise our dead bones. You know, he, we wanted him to come and bring life to us. And that's what we really wanted to focus on in that song. So you're speaking to yourself. Um, I like to see it as the, the song is a prophet talking to God. Uh, a lot of times prophets would talk to God and they'd be um, not necessarily fed up, but they would just lay their burdens on God. And we kind of wanted to make it along those lines, um, you know, uh, I am the I am, and we tried to use lines that God has actually used. And we did, we're not claiming that, we're just, you know, resurfacing the story. It doesn't sound like it was particularly one of your favorites from the album. Uh, no. <laughs> what would be a favorite? Um, uh, my favorites on the album are Kingdom, Oh Great Captain, and I really like Circles a lot. And why so? Um, Kingdom is, I think, more along the lines of a beautiful balance between our post-hardcore, uh, more melodic sound and uh, our heaviness. Um, I use some of my favorite imagery in the lyrics. I enjoy Oh Great Captain because I feel like that song really encompasses the proper imagery that shows how desperate I am for God and how it is only God and him as the captain of my life that allows me to be able to go forth. 
And Circles, I particularly enjoy uh, because it, it, it's a song that everyone can relate to. It's about the chase of happiness and happiness through the American dream of trying to have enough money to, to service your life. And um, we usually start off the song with a quote from Alan Watts in his, one of his speeches, and it talks about how people are just teaching their kids to continually chase after money, and it's just like running around in circles. And so that's why we wrote that song, and I think that it has a really, um, a really great message for people that are worried about money as a Christian. And so I, I really enjoy that song as well. I guess we've been covering a lot of the past of X City in the Fall, but you guys are heading back to the studio to record a new EP. Correct. Yeah, we are. Details to give away? Uh, I will tell you that it is theme-based. Um, I'm not going to say the name of any of the songs or the name of the EP yet, um, but this is by far, I think, Exit in the Fall's best thing we've done. It's very different. You're going to notice that it's, it's a lot more driven. It's not necessarily screaming. Um, there hasn't really been a song with a breakdown in it. And that's the way we want to keep it. We want to write songs that are going to be heavy, that are going to hit home, that everyone can relate to in some way or another, that are just passionate to the bone. And I think that these songs, they're going to go far. So it does sound like it's going to be truly post-hardcore then. Yeah, there is going to be screaming, but I'm going to be doing a lot of new techniques with my scream. Um, not necessarily clean singing, though, if that makes any sense. Well, what about your songwriting process for the EP? Do you guys head to the studio all prepared, or is it yeah. really still in process? So uh, we head in the studio in a couple weeks, and right now we're just finishing up our last song. Um, the way that we write and have been writing before is, Kevin would come to practice with an idea and we would write the song around that. Uh, lately, it's been I've been coming around with a vocal melody or Kevin's been coming with a vocal melody uh, or a part with a, a melody-driven aspect of it and we've been focusing around that and it's just been falling into place. It's actually amazing how much we've written for how little time we've been uh, putting together these songs and they sound absolutely amazing. Well, you mentioned it was going to be like themed, but it's not. You wouldn't consider it a concept then, um, or is there a distinction? There's, there's no particular point that I'm trying to prove. Um, I can tell you that it is going to be very personal to me. It is going to be very personal to to my walk in Christ. A lot of it has to do with things that I don't believe that the church has been really focusing on lately, and I think that it's very important. What we're, what I'm going to, um, what these songs are going to be about. I think that the theme of it is going to be very, um, it's going to be very easy to relate to, and it's going to be something that's going to hit home. It's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. It's not going to come out all at once. That's what we're trying to do. That's the the main point of it. We're trying to release a song a month for five months. I mean, the way I see it is, the music industry was it used to be good if you put out an album and everyone would buy that album because they wanted that one hit single. Yeah. It, the industry has changed so much where if you're not writing singles, no one wants to listen to your music. Which is terrible, too. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. But the best way to, to capitalize on that is to release only singles. <laughs> We're going with a theme because we want to write five singles that are really going to hit home. And they're not going to happen all at once. Uh, and if I feel like if we keep a theme, we're going to keep that passion going through it. And uh, you'll, you'll definitely notice that. It, once you hear it, you'll definitely notice that there's a, a lot of passion in these songs. Well, I'm looking forward to it. As am I. 
and potential release what next spring? Um, we're aiming for later this year. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We have a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, things that we want to get done. Um, and because we're doing it independently, it all depends on uh, how long that takes us to do it. Sounds like you've got it on the fast track, though. <laughs> we're trying to. We, um, you know, we we want to we want to get this music out. We want to um, we have something new out there. We love Wind Chaser. We love it to death. But it, it takes a band a long time to figure out what they want to sound like. And I think that we're finally starting to get to that point where we're really hitting it home. And do you think you'd evolve from this point? Because it's been five years now. Uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, after five years. I think we're really starting to get to that point where we can evolve and we can find maturity in our sound. Um, a lot of bands nowadays are very good. A lot of bands come together and they make great music, but not a lot of them have maturity. And I think that that is something that we can really capitalize with how long we've been together. Okay, Matt, here it is. I've got a final, really, really important question. Bring it on. Is Boston anything like the Ben Affleck movie, The Town? Oh, man. You know, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't think I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It is Ben Affleck. So, I mean, we... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Was that hurtful? I don't know. Uh, I mean, because I've never seen the movie. I, I don't know. Uh, it's If you've seen um, Goodwill Hunting, it's kind of like that. The Boston accents in that movie are terrible. But, um, you know, Robin Williams, God bless his soul, um, he did a terrible job at learning the Boston accent. I'm sorry, Robin. I really appreciated your career. But that that's about the closest to what you'll find in a movie that I know of that is sort of encapsulates what the Boston, the average Boston life is like. You know, you go to an Irish pub and that's about it. <laughs> but is it true that Bostonians have their own lingo? Oh, yeah. Um, it's sort of unique that way? I mean... They talk like they they got a they like they got something to prove to someone. Uh, they they go really fast everywhere, and uh, when you want to go around on a highway, if you're if you're on a road and you want to go around, you bang a Yui. You don't take a U-turn. You bang a Yui. Um, I know a couple really funny phrases, but they're not coming to mind right now. There's there's oh, people from Boston. They're rude and they drive like maniacs. But if you're a part of their family, you'll know that they're crazy in love with you. <laughs> And that includes your fans. Yeah, every the Boston scene is by far one of the biggest families. Um, recently, a couple bands uh, have decided to call it quits, unfortunately, in the New England scene, and you know it, it just breaks my heart because these people we grew up with, we played sh- like some of our first shows with, and it, you know it's it's like it's like watching you know one of your brothers to go off to college. You know it's it's an interesting feeling. <laughs> We've been here with Matt Vaccaro of Exiting the Fall. Thanks, Matt, for coming on board The Antidote. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.